0: I'm telling you that God is a miracle worker, and when we were singing that song about he's a waymaker, a miracle worker, man, everything within me just was for worshiping God this morning, until God has brought you through, that you could come out of your test with a testimony and say, look what God has done. So I don't know if you're here today and maybe you need a miracle in your body, in your life, or in your family. Whatever you need from God, he has everything you have need of worship Him this morning. Would you just lift your hands and thank Him this morning. Father, what a privilege. Come on and just vocalize your praise and say, Lord, what a privilege and an honor it is to worship you. I'm standing in with my friends and my family here this morning to give you honor because of your goodness and your grace. And we thank you, Lord, that you're not only a healer, you're a deliverer. And you bring us out with a testimony and a smile. And God, we want to thank you for your goodness. Come on, everybody say amen. Amen. Come on, say amen. amen. Look over to your neighbor, tap him on the shoulder, and say, It is good to be with you today. If the Lord to help me this morning. I want to speak on this, though, One Life Partners. And it's not an accident that I have chosen this, this message for this church here on this particular Sunday today. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 5. And I'll be reading out of this passage, verses uh, 1 through 8, if the Lord allow, and a message that I believe that God's speaking right now to this body and to the church in general. You're not here by accident. You're not here because it's your duty. It's not here because this is your home church where you grew up or where you transplanted. You're here because God ordered your steps. You're not here by accident. You're here because God ordered your steps. You may not even wanted to get up out of bed this morning, but you're here. We woke up this morning in the hotel to find out that there was no water, no running water. Somewhere in the area of Barberville, is, is that where it was? Barberville, there was a water break. And so when they fixed it and turned the water back on, the hotel lines burst they couldn't handle it. So you ought to have seen the crazy mess going on at that hotel this morning. Those folks need Jesus. They need Jesus. And I had to smile. And Beverly and I, we were missionaries this morning, had jugs of water getting ready this morning, washing my hair, washing. We were missionaries this morning. But I'm here yet with a smile and a testimony. So we're not here by by divine accident, but, but rather by divine appointment. If you have your Bible in Luke chapter five, I want to begin reading in verse one. And the Bible says in one day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. Everybody say two empty boats. For the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and talked the crowds from there. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. And I loved Simon's response, Peter's response, because it's typical of our, our attitude when things aren't going well for us. I mean, we complain about everything. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you right there. We complain about everything. Fault fine, milly mouth, down in the mouth. And Peter was like a typical Christian and he, responded to the Lord, we worked hard all last night. In other words, I worked third shift. And I didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I can almost hear the resistance in his voice. If you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. And when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me, I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. Before we read any further, I thought it was interesting that Peter was... uh, when he came into the presence of God and realized a miracle had happened after he was exhausted. Anybody ever been exhausted? Anybody ever been tired and feel like you could make it through? Feel like if if one more thing happens this week, I'm done. Put a fork in me, I'm done. And yet the Bible said that when he realized the miracle that had happened in the boat, after he'd been tired, after he had worked third shift, after no good results had come, He came into the presence of God, and he fell down before the Lord. And isn't that just like what happens when you come in the presence of God? It changes you. It humbles you. My mom and daddy uh, sing, and my daddy plays an old Martin guitar. And They get up and sing, and in the past, the song that was favorite to them was a song about the love of God. And they sang a song that said, there's something about the love of God that'll make you want to humble down. And I thought about Peter as he was humbled in the presence of God. And he comes to himself, kneels down, and realizes how low can I get because of how high he is lifting me. And realizes a miracle has taken place. When you come into the presence of God, God will remove the pride out of you. When you come into the presence of God, he'll extract arrogance. He'll extract expectancy or, or, or a, an, an entitled attitude. When you come in the presence of God, it's more than likely that tears may begin to flow and the Spirit of the Lord begin to uh, just to come over you and minister to you with grace. And this is what he did. He fell in the presence of God and he confessed himself. I am a sinful man. And for he was all struck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others who were with him and who were with him. The Bible says it was his partners, and this is the second time in this text that the word partners is used, but it's significant to understand who the partners were, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. You and I know from reading the scripture, if you have studied who James and John are, they are referred to as the sons of thunder. And most of us, when we started living for God or we came to a knowledge of Jesus Christ, we still had our old ways in us. We had our family's ways in us. We acted some ways that were not always Christ-like because God was yet doing. A sanctifying work in our life. Now, I don't know any perfect Christians, in fact if you're perfect you're in the wrong church because none of us are perfect and none of us have arrived and none of us have the room to point our bony finger at anybody and say that they're off when we ourselves have a skeleton full in our closet that we wouldn't want anyone to know about. I can't get no amens here. So we're not, none of us are at a place where we've arrived and yet the Bible said that James and John, who were the sons of thunder, and you understand, before John ever became the beloved, he was a son of thunder. He was a big talker. He was a guy that uh, he wore his feelings on his sleeve. And he was a, they had a mother that tried to promote them. And I don't know how uh, the mothers in this room are, but I would dare say that most mothers promote their children and want to see their kids do well. Can you say amen? And here, James and John's his mother was always jockeying for a position for her children. And the Bible says <clears throat> that they too were in, in awe. And so it's saying something that if you can get the sons of thunder to be in awe, then truly a miracle has happened. And the Bible said that they also were amazed. Everybody say this with me say one life partners. So God sent me here this morning before a church that I know that is making an impact in the community and making an impact in this world. And I just want to remind you that your reach is beyond this city. Your reach is beyond this community. Your reach is beyond uh, the geographic location that God has planted you. In fact, can I tell you that one life has reached my city. Your impact has reached my city in Indianapolis. And so if you're a guest here today, and I don't know who's who, but I want you to know that you're in a place that operates in the values of equipping believers, encountering God, empowering followers, and engaging a culture with love. And maybe you are here and this is your home church. Let me remind you again. That you are in a place that values equipping believers encountering God empowering followers and engaging the culture with the love of God that's what this church one life is about and today I give honor to your lead pastors bishops Brian and Renee Matthews and their tremendous family I want to show a picture I had to search far and wide to find it if I could include their family who have stood on the bow of this gospel ship called One Life for the last 15 years and counting and began to sail into uncharted waters to lead this church forward. And I think about 15 years ago, pastor, the faith that it must have took to step into a role of a work and begin to lead this congregation. And I would just say to lead anything for 15 years in today's culture and in today's world where people are dropping like flies is to be commended. Can you give God praise for 15 years of integrous leadership? So many churches As Beverly and I travel around the world visiting churches in addition to serving in our own last uh, church for 23 years, wish that they had the pastors with vision and longevity to shepherd them in various seasons of your life like you are blessed here. A pastor is more than a preacher, and you've got one of the finest preachers I've ever heard in my life, but there's more to pastoring a church than just preaching the gospel. There is the loving people and administering and sharing faith with a community of believers and helping and standing with people in their dying years and in their living years and in every season of life. And there are people who wish they had that kind of leader in their life because people are dropping uh, uh, everywhere, as I said, so you need somebody that knows how to lead with vision and knows how to lead with longevity. And longevity speaks today. Beverly and I counted a great honor not only to call your pastors our friends, but they are so much more than just friends to us because God is using them. In fivefold ministry, they are pastors to some, they are apostles to some, they are prophets to some, they are evangelists to some, and they are teachers to others. Truly, I know that they are true fivefold leaders in the kingdom of God. And although they didn't bring me here and didn't even know what we was going to say this morning, and they don't want the credit, and they're very humble, and they don't want the applause. We give honor where honor is due, because one life I want you to hear. Your pastors are a reflection of you. And you are a reflection of them. Because they have humbled themselves, God is lifting them up in the kingdom and has given them a vision to lead this great church. And with the lifting, when God lifts you to a place where he can use you, there is a price that has to be paid. To pastor in today's world is crazy. To pastor post-COVID to pastor during covid is crazy it is not only a joy to pastor but it is jeopardizing even to one's health so many people are dropping like flies pastors are quitting the ministry today because of stress because of struggle so you have to be called to this if i can talk you out of your calling you were never called to it but if i can't talk you out of what god birthed in your spirit and in your heart, then you will stay with it. The old time saints said uh, that they would take a licking and keep on ticking. Maybe that was Timex, but it was somebody said it and I knew uh, folks that would say that I I didn't come this far by faith. Look at where God brought me from. Look at how far God reached down and pulled me out. I didn't start to, to quit. I didn't come this way so that I could throw in the towel five years down the road because I had a personality conflict or I dealt with a principality in the church or the region. I come to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Somebody ought to praise God for a God that can keep you when you feel like quitting. Can keep you when you feel like throwing in the towel. you got to be called to this. And they have proven their calling many times over. And yet with every season, God has graced them not only to lead, but to lead well. Isn't that what a shepherd does? They lead us beside still waters. They lead us through hidden dangers. They lead us in the valleys. They lead us in the mountain areas. I remember when I first met your pastor for the first time my, their parents would come, as Bishop said this morning, and they would sing and minister at the church that I was growing up in and my dad was a lay minister in before my dad would go on to pastor his own church. They would preach and sing, the whole family. I'd see uh, Crystal and Michelle and, and CT and Fran and, 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 and Bishop Brian, and they would all gather up around and, and in that day there was a pulpit that was as big as this stage. So if you were tiny, you just kinda hid behind it. But I saw the whole family get up and sing and preach and minister the gospel, and I remember those vividly. And in our teen years, the Lord allowed us to reconnect a little bit as Bishop began traveling around the country and preaching, and Beverly and I were singing and ministering and didn't know exactly how God would bring us together. But I have always admired the heart of this man's spirit. The anointing and the integrity upon his life and the zeal of God that has been part of his ministry. And together, he and First Lady Renee have led in ministry and in fervor and integrity and passion for God. And what I love about them is that they're two different personalities. How many will say amen to that? You can't love one without loving the other. You can't say, well, I'll receive correction from this one, but I won't receive correction from the other. I hope I'm not making you uncomfortable. They had no idea what I was going to say. But I'm telling you that when God gives you leaders, you embrace them as the gift that they are, according to Ephesians 4 and 11, where God set gifts to the church, the fivefold ministry. So God has connected us to your pastors, and he has connected us to you, one-life church, through this covenant relationship and they are leading with humility and honor. And so I said earlier that your success is a reflection of them and their success is a reflection of you. Together we are successful. And when God begins to bring you to a place where favor is upon you, and you begin to minister around the country, around the world, and in your community, there's something to be said about success. One thing that I know is that success breeds contempt. You will know that you are winning when people start hating you. There are some people in your own family, you can't even share what God is doing because they have a jealous spirit. And if you even tell them, look what God blessed me with, they will snub their nose at you as if you are trying to dishonor or disrespect them and all you're doing is receiving the blessing that God has entitled. Am I preaching any blessed people today? That you are a blessed somebody. When success comes into your life, people start hating on you. So if nobody's hating on you, then I wonder how big your dream is. Because when you begin to dream lofty dreams for God, people will start hating you. And you'll know it the, that it's a big dream from God because nothing you can do can satisfy them, nothing you can do can appease them, and nothing you can do can calm them down. In fact, that's a sign that you're getting ready for a blessing that God is wanting to send to you in this next season. And I've learned this, and I want you to write this down, that God will bless you until the devil hates you. God is in the blessing business. God wants to lift you up above your enemy's reach and put you in a posture to receive blessing. And the more that God blesses you, the more the devil hates you. Somebody say amen. So it doesn't matter where I live. It doesn't matter where I work. It doesn't matter who I am married to, where it is. If God is blessing me, the enemy is not happy at all. In fact, he hates me. He is called an accuser of the brethren. He is an adversary that we have to war against so I'm hated by the enemy but the more that I'm hated the more blessed I am I am a blessed somebody and I may be speaking to somebody here today to tell you to get ready for your net breaking blessing that is pressed down shaking together and running over the more that you are going through the more struggle you've had to endure and to fight the more blessing that God is getting ready to pour upon your life it will come at a cost it will come at a price and may I just prophesy to one like this morning. You are in a blessed season. God is blessing your coming in and blessing your coming out. You have come through too much, my God. You have overcome too much. You have seen too much and you have witnessed too much to not know that God is blessing you. The more hateful some people are, lets me know that God is blessing me in the middle of what I'm going through. I heard God say, stop looking with your eyes and see with your spirit God's got something on the other side of what you're going through somebody say amen and so in prayer even in this service for this body for you today i come to release that to you and tell you that where God is taking one life your old wineskin will not work your old systems Your old structures, old ideas will not work. God is handing you an opportunity where he is taking the limits off and he is giving you a blank check and he's saying whatsoever you desire, it is before you now in this season. Come on, I came out of prayer to release this word to somebody and I tell you that whatsoever you desire, God said that it is coming to you in this season. Look down your row and nod at somebody and say that's for me and that's for my house, that's for my family, that's for my children and my grandbabies. I declare over One Life Church a net-breaking blessing in Jesus' name. And I have faith enough to stand here on this platform and declare to you that your families will see an increase that God will keep you in whatever recession may come. God is still with you. You have sown in fertile soil and God said uh, because you put a seed in the ground, you're going to produce beyond what you can ask or think. I command a blessing on you today. I decree a blessing over your house in the name of Jesus. Somebody praise God. I release a rhema word over you today say this with me and write it in your notes that blessings are coming to this house and mark it with today's date now the level that god showed me and talked to me about is this it will not be done by only two people to get this kind of blessing it will not be done by two people it's going to take a lot of people to bring this dream into reality and perhaps you're here today and you say, well, you know, I've done pretty good by myself. I'm an independent person. I, I don't need nobody. I've been burnt too many times. I don't need nobody. Well, it's the banana that leaves the bunch that gets peeled. Left to ourself, we're a train wreck. Turn to, 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 to your neighbor and say, Lucille, he's talking to you. Left to yourself, you're a train wreck. And you say, well, I've done pretty good. I came up the roadside of the mountain. I learned how to pray for myself. I learned to anoint my own self. I didn't always have a lot of people that I could count on in my life. I've come to a place in my life where I only trust a few people, and even they are sketchy. Maybe you didn't have somebody to confide in. Maybe somebody told you business all over Facebook, and you got slapped in the Facebook. But God has blessed you in spite of having to come up the rough side. And pray for yourself and anoint your own self like David did and be your own usher and catch yourself when you fall out. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, all of us have been to a place where we thought, I don't need people. I'm tired of people. They're working on my nerves. I'm tired of this one and I'm tired of that one and I just wanted to be left alone. But I heard the Lord say that for the assignment that he has called One Life to, this congregation and this church, it's going to require all y'all Come on, say y'all. It's going to require you all to pull together to see it come to pass. And then I look at our text today as Brother Peter. Peter may not have had a lot of sense. In fact, Peter was a loquacious guy. He talked too much. He was on the mountain as Jesus was being transfigured, him and Peter, James and John, all three of them together. And God had to tell him to hush. He talks too much. He was always talking too much. He was cutting people's ears off. He was all the time getting into trouble God had to rescue him and yet God favored him and God used him on the day of Pentecost to preach an outstanding message of gospel that brought at least 3,000 that we know of unto the Lord and they gave their hearts. so Peter didn't have a lot of sense in some areas and I know people like that they are educated but they got no common sense they educated people but they just don't know how to get along with people Sure, they're great at getting their assignment done, but they uh, don't know how to come in out of rain. Come on, somebody. As they would say in our church, everything ain't white in that milk. Something doesn't go to the top. Oh, they're educated all right. And I thought about Brother Peter, that he had enough sense to get his nets ready. They were washing them and getting them ready for the next day, but he did something else that I thought was interesting. And I want you to write this down. Peter had his partners ready. He got his partners ready. And when the nets begin to break, that's not the time that you cry out to your partners. When you're going through something, that's not the time that you then say, well, I'm going to go pray and fast about this. Prayer and fasting is a lifestyle that every believer has to live. So that when I encounter a situation, I know that God will hear my request and empower me to deal with the situation. When somebody calls you at 2 o'clock in the morning, as they have me, and it said, I just swallowed a bottle of pills, and now I realize I don't want to commit suicide, will you pray for me? I can't put them on hold and say, I'll get back with you on Tuesday when I'm in the office. I can't put them on hold and say, hold on, let me get a hold of the prayer team. Ain't nobody going to answer at 2 in the morning. I can't put them in a hold and say, I've got to go and fast for 21 days and 40 days. No, I've got to live a lifestyle of preparation so that when I encounter a situation that I can speak the words of life and say you shall live and not die to proclaim the glory of the Lord. And this is what was interesting about Peter is that he was washing his nets. The Bible mentions he had his boats, he had his friends that were nearby. He had his partners strategically located around him so that just in case an an increase happens, just in case we see an influx, just in case we see an over Overflow. I need people around me who will help me and not drain me. I need people around me who will lift me up rather than push me down. Can I get an amen from somebody? So the power of the text is not brother Peter. The power in the text is those partners who come alongside him and and were with him because the blessing uh, when it started coming in and the nets begin to break. If Peter had not identified his partners, everything God was trying to bless him with would have been lost. And how how many times has God ind- indicated to you a blessing is coming, but you have not prepared to receive it? Every blessing can also be a burden if it's not received correctly. Peter was in a place where he decreed, I've got my partners ready, i got bolts around me, people who will lift me up, people who will help me in the event that something begins to happen on a positive note, I will not lose what God has called me to. He had identified his partners before the production had ever started. He had the right people around him who could help him in the time of need. Oh, look around you. Who you got around you? How many people you got around you that you can count on when you're going through life's worst and hell has thrown everything at you? How many people do you have around you? You need people around you that will help you, not drain you y'all to see the looks I'm getting if everybody around you is taking from you you haven't found your partners yet if everybody around you is draining you and wearing you out taking your strength need you need you need you pulling you down you don't have the right partners yet if everybody is nursing from your strength You haven't got the right partners yet. you got to be around people and surrounded by people who can carry some weight. Are you with me? As a lead pastor for the past 23 years, I've learned that I need people around me who can carry some weight. I need some weighty people. Tell your neighbor, say, God wants you to be weighty, and that doesn't mean he wants you to be heavyset, doesn't mean he wants you to be big-boned, smile at somebody. It doesn't mean that God's saying, I want you to be a fat person. Who I'm going to get some emails on this one. I'm talking about, do you have the fortitude, the tenacity, the wherewithal to be weighty enough to help somebody in your life come through what they're going through and I've found out that I got to have people who can help carry the weight of this calling and I speak to you today if you're a business owner if you're an entrepreneur a mother a father a, 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 a ministry leader a supervisor anybody that leads anything in this life whether it be a family a business or something you have got to be surrounded by people who are waiting You need to be in the room with somebody who can help you, inspire you, train you, encourage you, and lift some weight up off of you. But if everybody in your circle is needy, you are in the wrong circle. Help me, Holy Ghost. If everybody around you, nobody has a boat... Nobody has a net and everything they got, they borrowed from you. That's why you had to put your name on it in hopes that one day you'll get it back into your garage. Let me tell you, if you have lent stuff out and never got it back, you were in the wrong room with the wrong people. You've got to have partners who not only carry you, but they have their own boat. My God, they have their own nets. They have their own equipment. Where are my real one-life partners at this morning on a Sunday morning? Do you have anybody around? you who contributes anything to you or are they just bleeding you dry? Woo, I feel liberty preach this morning. You know why? Cuz I don't know any of your business. The power is in the partners. AT&T knows it. Google knows it and God said it's time for you to know it. The power is in the partner. You need strategic alliances with people who can lift the weight And the Bible said that their nets begin to break. Now they begin to catch a great draught. King James said, a draught of fish. Whoa, hallelujah! My daddy would have loved that fishing excursion. It's a great draught of fish, and the nets begin to break. And Peter has no uh, no other choice but to call on his partners. See, when you when God begins to bless you and God begins to pour into you, you don't have time to say, Well, I'm independent and I don't need nobody because people, you need somebody, you need people in your life, or the Bible says uh, you need somebody that lets you fall, somebody will help pick you up and carry you. Two are better than one where two or three agree in my name touching anything God said I am found there in the midst of them where two or three are gathered together in agreement God will move can I get a witness from somebody God is raising up people and sending them out in the power of partnership and when the net begin to break and all of these things begin to happen the Bible said that Peter cried out for his partners hey he needed some help over here now listen if they had been far away they would have never heard his cry If they would have been out uh, pouting and not attending church because they were mad at somebody and wouldn't walk past a certain aisle, shake somebody's hand because they think they're going to heaven together but won't even talk to one another in the church. Let me preach in here. Then I'm telling you, they would have never heard the cry of the people who needed the help if they had been distant, if they had been pouting, if they had been contri, if they had been a, a person who was contesting everything, if they had had their arms folded and said, "Bless me if you think you can." Oh, if they'd been withholding their tithe. Oh, let me preach in here, Lord. Can I tell you, they would have never heard the cry. Now, you've got to surround yourself with people who travel in packs. Always have your boys with you in case the devil attacks, in case he tries something. You've got to surround yourself with people who have, yes, talented skills, and yes, people who love you, but as much as I'm glad that the congregation loves Beverly and I, loving us will not bring these fish in. Don't give me one more plaque at Pastor Appreciation. Give me the money. Send me on a trip, don't give me one more dusty plaque that I gotta hang up on a wall and put in a box. Come on. So I said, well, that's rude. 23 years in, don't give me one more plaque. (laughs) Smile at somebody and say, well, he he means what this visiting pastor does. I want to know, is there anybody in the room that can carry some weight? I want to know, will you you get down off of being offended and start loving God again? Because the Bible said, great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. I want to know when I'm going through cancer and I'm going through a disease or going through something, who are my weighty friends? Who are the people? who can walk with me if you just I come to church every church chicken dinner and you never see me again don't come to my hospital bed I need somebody who knows how to pray a miracle in. I need somebody with enough fortitude somebody who would not quit someone who said I'm in it to win it I'm gonna stay with you I'm your partner I am waiting enough to see you through this they were partners not pullers They were partners. And I'm talking about partners in the traditional sense, though the charismatic sense. We're all partners in ministry. Oh, yes, that's great. But I'm talking about another level. Who is on your team? Who is in your circle? Who are the people of life, one life, that surround this church with strength? Who are the people that won't let nobody talk about their pastor in the hallway? That's why you gotta travel with partners. In our church, we we have a great diversity of people. We're about 50% African American, 35% Caucasian, Latino, Nigerian, we everything, we a potpourri. That's what we are. What I love about our church is that we got people who haven't been saved too long who serve with us. Sometimes you need people in your group who haven't been saved too long because those people will not let junk go on. (laughs) Ooh, Lord, let me preach over here. Those people will not let mess go on. If they hear somebody talking about the leadership, whether it's the elders, the deacons, the pastors, or the pastor's wife, they will cut somebody. And you know, the funny thing about that is, and you have to know I'm tongue in cheek when I say it, is you need people who haven't been saved too long because they they're, they're sanctified, but they're not quite delivered. Come on, somebody. The, the spirit of slap will come upon them. Now, I'm trying to be funny because I want you to understand those are weighty partners. Those are people, see, people who don't, who don't have an assignment get themselves in trouble. They talk too much. Now, I don't know, I don't want you to look down your road because I know sometimes we're all guilty. But what I'm saying is, who are the weighty people? Of One Life Church. Who are the weighty people. Who lift the burden. Instead of add to the burden. People who are making the ministry. Of One Life Church. Perhaps it's the people with the children this morning. Who are serving you. The ushers who are serving you. The people who are greeting you. Perhaps. You've been saved long enough. You need to be reminded that it's not about you. You already saved. We don't have to sing your favorite song. You worship before you got here. Your worship is a lifestyle of living. And so I have to ask the question, who are the partners that don't add worry and stress? And I'm not talking about the people who just come for the fish, because we always gonna have people who come for the free fish. I'm talking about the people who can carry the weight when my net is about to break. When your net is about to break, who is going to carry it? And I see this in my spirit, for the next season that God is bringing into one life, it's going to take some partners, not pullers, to get the job done. The blessing that God is sending to you before the coming of the Lord, before the rapture of the church, it's going to require many people to bring all the fish in. Your Pastors cannot do it all by. they will not be able to carry it all. Oh my God, can I tell you, in the last couple of years coming through COVID I've never seen anything like it in my life. And all kinds of mess happened. And I've seen churches close their door and they could not recover financially. They could not recover. Pastors left the ministry. Left because of the stress. Nervous breakdowns. Affairs. Addictions. All kinds and I've walked with pastors through this all around this country. I'm telling you, there are nets breaking worldwide and people coming out of COVID who thought they don't even know how they're going to survive. May I tell you one life, you not only survived, but God has brought you through on the other side. You ought to praise God. Even though we had to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God was with us and God kept us. Can I get an amen? from somebody your pastors did not invite us here to elicit your help or to talk about the weight of ministry but I'm just gonna take my liberty this morning pastoring 23 years and many years before that serving with my, my father I've learned that the blessings can break your net the phone calls the responsibilities the criticism The aggravation of people expecting things from you, dealing with personalities and principalities, and sometimes they're the same person. Some people don't want you to teach them about God. They just want you to wave a magic wand over them and say, poof, you're healed, your marriage is fixed. Poof. Although you have not attended any marriage weekends, you have not come to church faithful, but you expect the children's ministry to whip your teenagers into shape. Some people don't want me to teach them about God. They want me to be God for them. To the point that even my net begins to break. And if you don't have anybody within hollering distance who can come in and grab you and say, give it to me, I'll take it. I'll carry this right here. If you don't have anybody who can walk up to you and say, I'm weighty enough, no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to help you. We're going to make it through this. Give it to me. I'll take it. it. And you don't have to pat them on the back for them to do it. You don't have to put their name in the bulletin for them to do it. You don't have to make, make, give them a corsage to wear during service. And you don't have to give them a plaque. And when I look around this room, knowing the spirit of this house, and knowing what God is birthed in this, I see some weighty folks. I see some weighty people in this house that are partners to this ministry partners to one life partners beyond the county of which you live in your anointing is to lift the weight not add to it your anointing is to bring solutions I got plenty of problems what I'm short on is solutions bring if you're weighty, bring me a solution the Bible said that Peter hollered hey write it down hey his nets begin to break. He realized, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? But the Bible said that he had partners who were close. There was more than one boat there that day. And he said, hey! Have you ever not known someone's name and you just yell, hey, hey! Maybe you're from a generation that remembers Rerun that said, hey, hey, hey! <laughs> Younger people would be like, who is that? But what a blessing to be able to holler out hey. And know that somebody will holler back, "Hey, I got your hay." When you say, "Hey, I need help over here," and somebody cries out, "Hey, I got you, hey." And I'm sure there are plenty of hey hays in this room. But let's just suppose there are some people who have not yet found their hay. Let me encourage you for those who are borderline hays. Learn how to holler back when your pastor says, hey, hey, Hey. you want your pastor to preach with fire, then pull the hay out of him, pull all that anointing out of him, holler back and I tell you, he won't be the preacher that preaches like a dry spoon, come on somebody and you've got one of the finest I've ever met and heard, but the fire of God will fill him. And the hay in you will holler back at him to say, I'm on your team. Someone said, well, you know, that's not my culture, Pastor. I'm very quiet, Mr. Guest Preacher. I'm a quiet, I'm a reserved person. I don't do that. Oh, let me hand you a check for $10,000. You will holler hey bigger than anybody else. You'll start shouting and dancing and running and be excited because you got something that you needed. I need some help in here. Anybody got a hey in your spirit? Anybody got a hey, hey in your spirit? Come on, somebody give God 20 seconds of hey praise and say, I came through the valley, but hey, God, brought me out I came through it but God's taking me somewhere (laughs) Peter had partners who responded with hey we got your hey if he didn't have partners listen to this having the anointing would not have been enough I'm gonna bust your theological bubble The anointing caught the fish. The partners lifted the weight. Are you ready one life? Or are you just content having your pew? And your few. Us four and no more. Because if we start growing, what are we going to do? I don't see anywhere in scripture where Jesus carried his own fish. His partners carried the weight of the blessing. His partners carried the weight of abundance. His partners carried the weight of increase. And before I take my seat today, this is a One Life's Partners ministry. This is a body ministry. The old saints, the young saints, the middle-aged saints, the saints and the ain'ts. It's getting people together. This next season at One Life, hear this is going to be a net-breaking season for you. And I heard the Lord say this, Guard your heart when you carry this weight. I heard the Lord say in my prayer, Refuse to be disillusioned. Refuse to be disinterested. Refuse to be disheartened. Refuse to be disgruntled. I heard the Lord also say, refuse to be lazy. Refuse to be idle and refuse to be hard to deal with. We all have that person in our family that everybody has to tiptoe around for fear of setting them off again. Now we're going in now, don't say nothing to Aunt Thelma because you know, if you say the wrong word, she'll, you know it'll be a horrible family reunion. And we have people in the church like that. Don't point it. Don't point We have people in the church like that where nobody wants to set them off for fear that they won't cause another mess. Ooh, I feel liberty to preach this morning. The Holy Ghost sent me here. I heard God say, plug in. I heard the Lord say, get involved. I heard the Lord say, engage and step out in faith. I heard the Lord say, promote what's promoting you you ought to be promoting this church, promoting everything that God has blessed you with when you want somebody to have that good news. What God is doing up on top of this mountain off of Thompson Road, what God is doing in this house, and what he's doing in generations and families. And although today, I know I wanna give honor today to the angel of this house, but let me say to every partner here at One Life Church, if I were to call out every staff member, every lay member, marriage, every deacon, administrator, associate, I don't know what your roles are here. You're serving, you're volunteers. If all of us in this room were to come forward, you would be shocked at the number of people who are at their breaking point. You'd be shocked who is just one moment away from collapsing under the pressure. So I will speak a partner's blessing over every person in Jesus' name right now. Lift your hand to receive it. I speak a partner's blessing over you. I speak healing over you. I speak strength over you, for your family and your children's and your marriages. That you will not collapse under the pressure. I speak a synergistic anointing over you, not those that are just wayward, but God, those that are here today that are maybe weary, and where you said, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. I speak that blessing over you right now in the name of Jesus. Perhaps take the hand of the neighbor Or the person that is with you this morning, that's sitting with you today. I speak to the hey-hays in this room. Somebody say, hey. Maybe you've been pulling, and maybe you feel lonely, and maybe you feel like your strength is depleted, and maybe God has given you some great ideas, but you don't have enough in you to birth it out. I speak if you are a hey-hey, someone who is a partner then I prophesy that the anointing that rests upon your pastors will rest upon you. Give God praise and declare that over yourself. And this is what the Lord, this is what the Lord spoke to me. And I want to release this to you pastors because I sense, and I want you to write this down, there are weighty partners in this house. Weighty partners. The Bible says that together we can put 10,000 demons to flight. Amen? And then the Lord said this, that there is a paraclete anointing or a paracletus anointing in this house. And so I want to ask every person in the house to stand, if you will. How many would say, with the raising of your hand, that you are a partner to One Life Church, would you just slip your hand up? Not every hand's raised, but I see hands raised. Ooh, what a glorious, glorious thing. If you see somebody with their hand raised, high-five them, uh, or in, in the air even, because you are a partner and we're together, that we are a people ministry that are moving people into place to see the power of God manifest in this last season. And I'm going to tell you how God can move upon you. When God establishes a work and declares that it shall be fruitful, no tongue of devil, no lying enemy can decurse what God has blessed. And God has blessed One Life Church and these pastors and you who partner together. And God sent me with an assignment on a Sunday morning. I'm not looking for a place to preach. But I've come here today to tell you there is a hey hey anointing in this next season. You will not have to carry this thing alone. And so I want to shift this morning into the altar season here and I want to ask you, first of all I want to know is there anybody here that needs a healing? You need a miracle in your body right now. God healed me of cancer. Is there anybody here that I can lay hands on and pray with that needs a miracle? Everybody's good? Everybody's good? Oh, here we got. Come on, brother. Come stand right here. Now, you're not coming by yourself. Why don't you call some of your hey-hays to come with you? See how it works? Come right up here to the front. Don't be backward. Don't be shy about it. Is there anybody else today that needs a miracle? That would just come stand right here. Maybe it's your child. Maybe you're standing in proxy for someone. You need a miracle. You need a healing. I want you to come. Stand right up here in the front. Look at that. Healing. Hallelujah. Now just begin to worship God right where you are. Sisters, is that you? Come. You coming? Come stand in.